Hello everyone, this is your Curious Recruiter Anais back again with another episode. It is so weird. It feels like ages since I recorded the last episode. As I said, I was off, um, quote unquote, last week. Yeah, and now I'm back. It's 10 p.m. in my living room and I'm recording this and it's so cold outside, at least for Tel Aviv standards. Uh, so yeah, it's been super difficult this last week to get anything done with the cold and the storm, which I know is nothing for you folks that are living you know, in colder areas. Anyway, enough about me. Let's get this started. Uh, this week, I wanted to bring you another recruiting-themed episode. So the previous episodes were all about boosting your productivity and also giving yourself some slack in that rat race that uh, most overachievers create for themselves. And I'm totally guilty here. Um, so yeah, I wanted to bring you guys um, back to a good old recruiting topic. Because this is, after all, a recruiting podcast. For the most part, I guess. So today's episode will be all about what people call the briefing meeting, the kickoff meeting, the intake meeting, the start of the recruiting process. Well, basically, it's that first contact between a recruiter and a hiring manager. And it's what I like to think, the contact that defines it all. Okay, I might be overly dramatic here, but it's actually a very vital part of getting the recruitment process right from there on out. And that's because preparation is already half the battle won. And yes, that is a very old saying by Cervantes, but it still rings through and in more ways than you'd think. So you might have been around the block a number of times, either as a recruiter or as a hiring manager, but the truth is no hire is ever the same. And it's worth it every single time to sit down for at least half hour or 60 minutes together as a team and by team i mean you the recruiter and you the hiring manager because this podcast is really for either you guys it can be either for the recruiting manager the recruiter um, or the hiring manager gosh i'm losing my words here but yeah it can be either for the recruiter or the hiring manager because you know you'll learn how to best structure this meeting and figure out how to best attack the recruiting process together with your other partner be it again the recruiter or the hiring manager so whether you are a first-time manager or hiring veteran and whether you are recruiting for a specific role or team or hiring manager for the first time or well you've really been around the proverbial recruiting block a couple of times in all of those cases this podcast episode is for you and it's hopefully going to give you some valuable tips to set you up for success in your upcoming recruitments because we will talk about all the things that you need to know and all the boxes that you need to check as a recruiter or hiring manager to get your recruitment process started and how to best do that. So yeah, if that's something you want to learn more about, then just stay tuned. I'll be with you in a second. Okay, I know you guys are probably asking yourself, why is she making such a big deal about that? Yeah, so to make sure that you don't think I am completely bonkers, let me tell you first why it is important to kick things off the right way. So let me ask you this. Have you ever gone through a completely unorganized grocery shop for a big haul and you did not prepare a grocery list? Well, if you're anything like me, you'd be like, Hell no. And in this case, I'd just like you to humor me for a second and imagine this scenario. And to all of those who are listless grocery shopping warriors, I'd like you to recall all the joyful moments. 
From the very first moment you realize you forgot your shopping bags at home, or don't have, you know, one of these coins that fit the shopping cart, to the moment you idle through the aisles remembering what the heck you wanted to actually buy, or what you wanted to cook, and, you know, you're just going through the different grocery aisles, checking recipes on the fly to try to you know, remember what you actually wanted to buy. You go from one aisle to the next and back and forth and you try to recall things you wanted to get. And of course, don't forget that amazing moment where you come home and you realize that all the stuff you forgot um, is not there, obviously, because you forgot it. So uh, probably you'll only realize that once you're trying to cook the actual recipe, something very specific for which you're obviously lacking half the ingredients. And yeah, well, Bottom line, you'll have to go through one of these awful grocery hauls again. So this whole analogy and point that I'm trying to make is actually moot, I realize, because everyone does online grocery shopping these days, but hey, you get the gist. It is a total disaster. And all of this is to say that you need to be prepared and it will help you lay out the foundations of what needs to be done and where to start the process. And that's exactly what should happen during the kickoff. So back to this famous briefing meeting, kickoff meeting, intake meeting, the start of a recruiting process. Let's talk about its format and let's talk about what its outcome should be. And of course, what responsibilities lay with each of the parties involved. So let's start talking about the outcome. So the outcome of the briefing meeting should be that proverbial shopping list that you should have set up before your grocery run. Think of it as an overview of what is needed. If you're a hiring manager, you tell your recruiter what you need to make your recipe, more on that later. And as a recruiter, you're basically taking note while of course advising the hiring manager on what sort of foods and ingredients are available in that specific grocery shop slash talent pool. And of course the feasibility of that recipe. Oh God, I like really rabbit holed myself into that grocery shopping analogy, but I suppose there is no going back now, so I might as well just roll with it. So at the same time, the outcome of the kickoff or the intake or the briefing meeting, dude, you get the gist, it's also a contract between the two parties and that contract is supposed to detail what both parties need to bring to the table. So as a hiring manager, this is your time to state what you need and as a recruiter, you can use this alignment to hold your hiring manager accountable to provide you with all the information and all the details that you need in order to lead a successful recruiting process. Now let's talk a little bit about the format. What format is it actually supposed to be? Should it be an actual meeting? Should it be an email? Maybe a questionnaire? Quite frankly, I think of the recruitment process kickoff as a meeting where both parties use the time to reflect on what's at stake, put it all on paper, sign and seal it, and then discuss next steps. Really, believe me, I've tried skipping it, I've tried doing it over chat, over email, I've tried asking hiring managers to fill out a form that I set up, I've tried filling out the form myself. All of this is just subpar, just does not work. Personally, I think now, after, you know, 10 years on the job, nothing beats a meeting in that case. It can be 30 minutes, which I think is the minimum, or it can be 60 minutes, or it can be more, depending on who you're dealing with and what kind of role you're recruiting for. In any case, it's invaluable and incredibly important not to skip. And remember that forum slash questionnaire I just spoke about? Actually, I kept that format. I've kept that in my arsenal of weapons as a basis for this contract I mentioned. I go into every briefing meeting with a blank template of this questionnaire and I fill it out as we speak with the hiring manager and then I share it with them. 
I'm all about CYA, and that, ladies and gentlemen, stands for cover your butt, if you know what that means. Because as I said, it leaves a trace somewhere, and it's something that you can always refer to in the future. Not that I'm saying that you're going to get into a fight with a hiring manager or some sort of negotiation, but it's a good basis for something that is clear and simple and just laid out for everyone to see. Anyway, I've bored you enough with the grocery shopping analogy, so let's just get cracking on the most important things that you should be covering during your intake process by going through the different sections of my questionnaire, which are the following. First of all, you'll want to drive an understanding of the hiring team and its impact in the company. Then you want to drive an understanding of the role and its impact in the team. Third point is all about understanding how to position it, the role, the team, both in good ways or in bad ways. And also, of course, number four is driving all the industry insights. What is the profile supposed to look like and what kind of target companies can you go after? Now, last but not least, if you get there, let's talk a little bit about the interview process and how you're going to agree on next steps um, and what they should look like and timings for those next steps, basically all the logistical stuff. Um, And yeah, setting expectations basically, which is my personal favorite. So let's get started with the first part of that intake meeting with the first part of the questionnaire. And I have titled this part, requisition details. It's basically everything that has to do with specific tokens, specific admins, uh, having the job description at hand, general minimum information that I need about the role. And before I even schedule the meeting, that briefing meeting, I make sure I actually have the most basic information down already. Um, So I'm going to ask myself or the hiring manager whether the headcount is in and fully approved. And if I'm actually talking to the actual hiring manager or if he will want or she will want to delegate this to someone in the team. Do we have a role description ready? What level is this supposed to be? And also which compensation can we offer? Which is usually very much dependent on the level that they'll share with me. I also like to make sure that the hiring manager knows all about our hiring process and you know check that he or she has participated in relevant trainings that the company offers might not be the case for your company. Obviously, I work in a bigger organization where we have all these checks and balances. But if your hiring manager is a first time hiring manager, you might want to schedule some extra time to kind of run them through how things work in your company or with your agency, depending on your situation. So as I said, it's the first section in my questionnaire and I usually fill it in myself. Actually, I would schedule a meeting and once the meeting is in the diaries, I would ask the hiring manager to provide me with this information ahead of time. And that's just for my own good, for my own sake. I just want to make sure that the hiring manager is ready to go because I want to make sure that I'm starting to talk about a role that is really live and not wasting anyone's time get it and yeah i would also ask the hiring manager for a job description i wouldn't expect them to have it completely flushed out yet but i do want to make sure the hiring manager has it on their to-do list to set it up it's their job to kind of write it now if you're a hiring manager and you don't have one ready and your recruiter asks you to have one ready um, and you have no clue whatsoever how to write a job description for your company or you've never written one before don't worry no one's going to punish you especially not the recruiter they will 
for sure send you a template and give you pointers but this is really your time to shine and to reflect on what is important for you in the role and put that in writing so give it a go it's a good exercise for you ahead of that intake meeting and trust me your recruiter will always chime in to suggest alternative ways or wording or even come up with some suggestions or things that should be added so it's not just on you but obviously it's your role you're the expert and we'd want you as a hiring manager to give that a good hard think anyway those are the things that i and many of my recruiter colleagues will actually require before kicking off a job just to make sure once again that the intent to hire is real so it's really just what a lot of recruiters would call basic hygiene requirements now once those are out of the way you can actually get cracking on the real stuff and that guys that takes us to the second question of my questionnaire which is all about understanding the team that is hiring this section will be super beneficial for the recruiter it's actually crucial for us as recruiters to understand where the team falls into when it comes to placing it into the bigger picture that is the company you're hiring for as a recruiter, you might be super well-versed and very able to position what an accounting department does for a company, right? But in reality, you want the story behind what makes the team important. You want to go to the real detail, get the real dirt. What is this team handling day to day and what is it responsible for? How has it evolved through the years to become the team that it is within the company? And if you are a hiring manager, so if you're not on the recruiting side, but actually hiring, now is the time to brag about what your team has achieved and the recognition it is receiving at a company level. That will really give your recruiter confidence in hiring for you because, hey, everyone loves to hire for a really high-performing team, one that is really exciting within the company, and it's also going to make it way easier for your recruiter to position your team as a great team, a great place to, to work for the candidates. So some of the questions I'd like to ask as a recruiter are the following. First of all, what does the team structure look like? How would you describe the reporting lines? What has changed over the years? Because, you know, I love to hear about success stories like, oh, five years ago, this team was three people and now it's 30 because look how much it's grown and how much it's impacted the company. Also, how does this team actually impact the company's business? Specifically, are there any examples of recent successes, any cool stories that I can share with the candidates when I speak with them? I'd love for them to have those examples ready when we get into the briefing meeting. Also, what other teams will this team actually collaborate with? What are the cross-functional partners that are um, on their radar on a daily basis? Speaking of radar, how is the success or the performance of the team measured? That's also something I'd love to understand so I can better position it with the candidate. And last but not least, you know, what makes people in this team successful? What is the team super strong at in terms of soft skills, not so much kind of qualifications? We'll cover that later. But I want to understand, you know, what what makes a good team member here? What is what does it take to be successful in that team? And maybe there are specific skills that are overly present in the team, but others that might be lacking that would really complement the existing team members. Those are all the things that, you know, I'm going to be very curious about and I will really, really pick my hiring manager's brains in order to get the, that low down. And obviously, now that we've discussed the team that is hiring, what it looks like, what its impact in the business is, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty and talk about the role itself. 
That's the cool part, guys. This is not just about the recruiter getting an understanding of what the ideal candidate looks like. It's also a great exercise for the hiring manager to really stop and think about what exactly is needed in terms of skills. Um, again, just like with the job description, the recruiter won't expect you to have everything ready and they will likely coach you through some questions. But of course, as a great hiring manager, you know, it's always good to come prepared, right? So I like to start this conversation or rather this section with asking the hiring manager about what makes the role and excuse my language really sexy. I literally asked that. What makes the role sexy? How can you pitch it? Because as a recruiter, this can really help me build that pitch around the role when talking about passive candidates that need some extra selling, some extra love, some extra interest. And I can also build any elements into a job description in order to drive more active applicants. So yeah, if you're a hiring manager and do not know what makes your role exciting to potential candidates, what makes it look challenging and sexy, then I guess it's high time for you to think about it a little bit more and specifically how you would sell the role because it's not just the recruiter's job, it will also be your job as a hiring manager as you move through the stages with a specific candidate that you really like. Well, you know, selling is part of the deal, so get your pitch ready and share it with your recruiter. So one of the things that help and one of the things that I like to ask my hiring managers is to think back to a time when they were hired, maybe into the same role or maybe into the same company, obviously, because we're sitting at the same table today or Zoom conversation. And I want to know what seduced them about the company mission, about the role and how that has changed and how they see um, the role or the company or the mission have evolved since they last joined. And that usually gives us a a lot of good pointers as recruiters. Um, another classic, especially when it comes to very niche or technical roles, I like to ask my hiring managers how they would describe the role to their grandma. In other words, how would they describe the role in layman terms? Because it's not always obvious what stands behind a job description or a title. If you're not behind the scenes, if you don't know the company and maybe, you know, your company is very straightforward and it's very straightforward to understand, again, what an accountant does, but maybe it's not that obvious to understand what an industry partner manager is doing. And this is an actual job title. Uh, so yeah, if you don't know it, you don't. And your goal here is obviously to attract uh, talent from everywhere. You want to attract diverse talent, talent that is coming from environments where those titles or those sort of job descriptions do not exist, but it doesn't mean that they don't have the skill set. Anyway, you need to be as a recruiter, but also as a hiring manager, able to translate the role to someone who is not exactly in that business as of now. Another way to get a good understanding of the role is also to ask, what does the day-to-day -day look like in this role? Of course, we're not looking for, you know, a minute-by-minute run-through, but an overview of the different tasks that make this role on a daily basis. Um, also understand, is this role already existing in the team? Is there someone else maybe that you can talk to? A colleague that can give you the real down-to-the-nitty-gritty lowdown? That's also a great exercise if you've got time. Um, but maybe your hiring manager will also tell you that no this is a newly created role or an equivalent doesn't yet exist so in this case it'd be fine it'd be really great to understand what makes the role different in terms of uh, in terms of the goals in terms of the daily tasks 
And remember when you ask the hiring manager to tell you what makes the role sexy? Well, it's always important to have a balanced view of the role and to draw a balanced picture. So it's also fine and actually recommended to ask what are the key challenges in that role? What are the difficulties or the complexities on a day-to-day basis? And, you know, granted, some of those complexities, some of those challenges might be a reason for a candidate to say, oh my God, this is exciting. This is an actual selling point for me. But yeah, still, let the hiring manager walk you through what's going to make this job a hell on a daily basis. As much as you don't want to obviously, you know, shout it over the rooftops that there are some shitty parts to the job, it is the truth. Every job ultimately, you know, has parts that are less exciting than others. And your hiring manager will know that and hopefully they will tell you. And I know that we already covered this earlier in the other section, but um, if you haven't, again, quick reminder, it's good to cover um, the soft skills that are needed in order to be successful in this role. That can be anything from being strong at cross-functional collaboration or gravitas or your ability to influence or to multitask or your ability to take decisions quickly or to successfully engage with external stakeholders. Well, there's often a huge grocery list of items that a hiring manager can come up with. So in this case, if you feel that there's just a lot of demands here, it's really important for you as a recruiter to make the work or to help your hiring manager prioritize the list according to must-have skills and or nice-to-have skill sets. It's always good to understand what is the minimum requirement and what is a nice-to-have. And last but not least, and that is not a bonus, I actually think it's vital, super important to understand how you can sell the role to the candidate beyond the role itself. If you're a good recruiter, I'm pretty sure you'll be super skilled at selling your company and its appeal, but the question you probably won't be able to answer that easily without any help from the hiring manager is when a candidate asks, well, what does the career trajectory look like in this role or in this team? And it's super important to get that lowdown from the hiring manager so that you can confidently explain what the candidate is getting him or herself into beyond just the role at hand. Because we talked about it in a previous podcast episode, candidates are usually very much motivated, of course, by making an immediate job change, but they also don't just want to have a quick change and then see for the short term where this is going to lead. People, candidates, humans just want to have an outlook. They want to know what that outlook is going to be like. And the nicer picture you draw, well, the easier it is for you as a recruiter to guarantee a close at the end of the process. Okay, so now we have a holistic overview of the team and the role, but we still don't know who would be the most qualified to take on this role that we've got open. So now it's time to really talk about the profile calibration and the target industries as well as getting any of the talent insights that we can get. So initially, as a hiring manager, you'd like to think that now is the recruiter's job to figure out that perfect profile in perfect target industry and to know absolutely everything about it. But that's not really how it works. The hiring manager can still give valuable input. And don't get me wrong, it's not about the hiring manager doing all the work. I'm fully conscious that the hiring manager at that point in time in the meeting will have done a lot of talking um, and I'm not expecting them to do any more work for me. All I'm asking them for is insights into a universe that they are actually working in every single day. I'm just recruiting from this universe. I'm not living from it. I'm not living in it and I'm definitely not working it. So hiring manager, this is still your time to shine. 
So obviously what I would like to know as a recruiter is the hiring manager's idea of what an ideal candidate could look like. They can do that by either sharing current team member CVs or suitable profiles from people from, I don't know, their LinkedIn network that they could consider potential poster child candidates. Doesn't mean that I have to go after them as a candidate. They can just be some sort of, as I said, poster child profile. Or if as a hiring manager, you don't exactly have that at hand, you can always tell your recruiter about the qualifications and education that you expect to see on a CV, maybe specific experience and specific type of companies or specific domains. Um, And you can even, of course, give them all the keywords. It's also super important to highlight what does not work. You know, if there's any companies that you've had bad experiences with, if one specific industry is not a match, if there's one specific expertise that's not a fit or not interchangeable, it's okay, actually it's recommended, to warn your recruiters about those specific paths that are just not worth taking on because you do have that inside information that they don't. Another thing you can do is to just not afraid to be a little more technical with them. Um, I love it when a hiring manager is not afraid to get a little bit deeper into what we call the industry taxonomy. Again, those keywords, those different um, things that I need to know, things that I need to look out for on CVs help me a huge deal. So trust me, if you can give your candidate that lowdown, they will be forever thankful. And you'll probably see that reflected in the quality of the work and the profiles that they'll bring to the table. And of course, you as a recruiter can also help your hiring manager define more specific requirements, um, especially if you do a little bit of groundwork before the briefing meeting. What I like to do, for example, is to explore any of the historical roles that we may have opened or hired for in the past, what kind of talent pools we used. And I then share it with the hiring manager that can just say, yeah, sounds great. Let's continue that way. Or getting, you know, specific feedback that is to the contrary and that will open up other avenues. But of course, if you already know the market, you're super well versed in that industry from previous recruiting experience, you can always chime in more as an advisor rather than someone who's looking for all the lowdown from the hiring manager. It's perfectly fine to chime in and explain if you have some specific concerns or specific suggestions, advice, or even if you foresee any difficulties in attracting talent. There's nothing worse than coming out of the briefing meeting and the hiring manager thinks, yeah, I'm going to make a hire in four weeks. You definitely want to manage those expectations down, especially if you have experience in that field and can foresee that it's not just going to be, as we say here in Hebrew, chick-chack, like, uh, you know, uh, hole in one sort of hire. So yeah, to that point, I always like to get out of the briefing meeting with a really good idea of what the profile ideally should look like. Also, things that I can compromise on if need be, and I like to call these the trade-offs. But last but not least, I want to get an idea of which companies and what target universe I want to dive into headfirst, kind of those first stages of the recruiting strategy. You have to keep in mind that this document that you're capturing this information into should always be a work in progress document. It should be a great first draft of a strategy that you can always come back to and fine tune. The idea is obviously not to map out the entire search strategy within a 30 minute meeting. Trust me, you'll need way more time and a lot more market insights to map out your search strategy, but this is a great place to start. 
And if you scheduled this meeting for only 30 minutes, you might be a tad short on time anyway for the next section, but try to squeeze it in anyways if you can, because this section is going to be all about the logistics of the recruiting process. So usually I can breeze through this section of the questionnaire super easily because, as I said, it's a fairly logistical nature. So this section is all about the interview process moving forward. And, you know, in order for there to be an interview process, you'll need to drive candidates. So this is where I fill the hiring manager into how I will or am planning to drive candidates and how long it will take to see the first resumes. You know, usually it's going to be a combination of active applicants plus sourced applicants that will be passive, obviously, but you know, it will take its time to drive those. And I want my hiring manager to know that it's not going to happen tomorrow, obviously. Also, as soon as I have relevant resumes, the question is, you know, what will the resume review process look like? Is there a need for it? And if so, who will review the resumes and say yes or no for moving forward to the next stages? Now, personally, I am a strong advocate of resume reviews because they really just help you calibrate as a recruiter. And after all, every hiring manager is different and every hiring manager reads profiles differently. So, of course, if you're a hiring manager, you can give super valuable tips to your recruiter in terms of what you like and don't like, of course. And you can get a feel also of where your recruiter is looking so you can help kind of readjust the course if you need to. Now, once you've covered the resume review, um, we're going to look at starting the whole process of contacting candidates and interviewing them. So in that case, I like to ask my hiring manager what they will want me to cover in my pre-screen. So any sort of questions that they'd like me to kind of tick the box on. And I'll also want to ask them what the next step entails. If I've got a good one, if I've had a successful pre-screen, what happens next? Usually, that's the step where I move any candidates to the business screen with the hiring manager. Of course, I'll want to confirm that it will actually be with them. And also, just to make sure that there's no duplication, I want to make sure that they share with me any questions that they plan on asking. And I'll also ask them if there's any material that they could share with me so I can share it back to the candidate for further explanation and further selling. It's all, you know, towards the same goal of driving more understanding on the candidate side and making them feel loved and making them feel like this is the opportunity of a lifetime, obviously. And if I have time, usually, you know, I table that for a little bit later because I usually run out of time at that point. But if I can, I'll want to cover what the interview process will look like afterwards. So, for example, who will be the interviewers involved in what we call the interview loop? And also, I'll want to know which focus area they will be attributed for um, their behavioral interviews. And then I'll quickly gloss over the timings and when to expect all these stages to happen in a more realistical manner. Again, this is all about managing expectations. It's not about overselling and making a hiring manager think this is an easy, quick one. And it's obviously not about down managing their expectations to the max, but it's about giving realistic timeframes around when these stages can happen also for their own planning. And that brings us to the very last section, I promise, which is about, you know, setting further expectations, because as you know, I love setting expectations. This is my bread and butter. Um, but yeah, usually, again, totally run out of time when I get to that part of the meeting. So usually I will uh, summarize this over email. This is where I just basically write down a checklist on what we still need from each other. 
So as a recruiter, I'll want to check with the hiring manager if they have any questions. And I might also state what I still need from them. Maybe uh, that could be initial info about the role, maybe administrative things like permissions or whatnot. So all of that, I'll just simply put it in an email and make sure that it's there as an action item. And um, I'll also want to define what the collaboration will be looking like moving forward. So how can we best communicate and at which cadence, basically? I usually like to have bi-weekly meetings with my hiring managers on any roles, but I keep the option open to meet earlier whenever it's needed. And of course, I'm a super big fan of pings, so chats or, or just quick emails whenever it's needed, if I need to get something rolling or if I need immediate sort of input. I don't always jump on those bi-weekly calls. Sometimes we just cancel them because there's nothing to say, but it's good to have them in diaries nevertheless. Right, phew, we've come to the end of this questionnaire and I can see here from my recording panel that I've already spent over 30 minutes just telling you about all the different things I'm asking and why and what I would be expecting from the hiring manager that doesn't even uh, begin to, to count all of the responses that I would get back from the hiring manager. So as you can see, this does require a good amount of time. I'd say 45 minutes is usually um, a good duration for one of these briefing meetings as soon as you set them up. Um, if you need less time, then good for you. You get some time back, but make sure that you have at least 45 minutes or so saved. And it sounds like you're going to spend ages on it. But again, preparation is half the battle. And then the collaboration with your hiring manager, or if you're a hiring manager, the collaboration with your recruiter is going to be great because you'll have your grocery shopping list and you'll know exactly what you need to cook and what ingredients um, you'll need to procure. And you know, the trip to the grocery shop is not going to be an ordeal. And by the way, if you didn't get that, the grocery shop is basically LinkedIn or your talent pool. <laughs> yeah, I'm funny like that. But you get the gist. Preparation, again, this is the third time I'm putting it out there, is half the battle won. I truly believe this. And it just makes you feel more confident in moving forward. It makes the hiring manager more confident in, in moving forward and in making sure that they set their piece and everything that um, they need to tell you in order to help you do your job. So yeah, and if you do this on a shared document, then that's even better because this shared document is work in progress. It can always be readjusted, but it's definitely a great playbook to at least get things started. And I can guarantee you, you know, ever since I've started doing this in such a very overly structured manner, I can tell you, um, I felt way more confident and have achieved way more. So this is just some piece of advice I'm passing on to you guys, whether you take it or not, but give it a go and let me know how it goes, because I would be very, very interested in understanding how your intake meetings look like. And if you're a hiring manager, of course, how do you structure those? What kind of questions do you think we're not asking as recruiters? What kind of answers do you like to give? What has helped you in structuring and kicking off your recruiting process? All these things would be great. You can obviously uh, send any comments, feedbacks, uh, concerns, and critiques, of course, over via voice message on Anchor. You can also find me on Instagram at The Curious Recruiter, or of course, send a quick email to info at thecuriousrecruiter.com, all in one word. I'd 
again, love to hear from you anytime on any topic. And if you've got some ideas around the next topics, then feel free. I know I've changed things up a little bit those last couple of sessions and you guys actually um, had really good feedback. So I appreciate that and obviously appreciate that you're loyal listeners who are um, willing to give some feedback because feedback is obviously hard to come by. You'd be surprised and it's very helpful in order for me to create the content that actually makes sense for you. So yeah, thanks for listening and of course I'll be thrilled to see you again or to have you hear me again next week on another episode of The Curious Recruiter. Bye guys!